Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. Today, I am chatting with Danielle Hayden, CEO and founder of Kickstart Accounting, Inc. Danielle is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. Danielle is a mentor and a guide in the realms of accounting, finance, and sustainable business growth. She empowers female founders to develop a killer money mindset so they can truly understand and respect their own financials. This was such a powerful conversation. Danielle is just has so much wisdom and she's so inspiring and I know you guys are going to learn so much from her. But before we get into it, here's a little bit more about Danielle. Danielle Hayden is the co-founder and CEO of Kickstart Accounting Inc., a bookkeeping and accounting firm that's on a mission to coach six-figure and beyond female entrepreneurs so they can better understand their numbers through bookkeeping, financial analysis, and support so they can grow profitable, sustainable, and enjoyable businesses. With over 15 years' experience in the world of finance, Danielle has worked her way from accounting firm intern to the co-founder of Kickstart Accounting. She understands how complex business finances can be, and she knows that entrepreneurs need more than just a bookkeeper. They need real financial analysis and support in order to get the confidence required to create the sustainable wealth they deserve. Danielle brings a unique perspective when it comes to providing business owners with the total package as it relates to their finances. When Danielle isn't in her money mindset work, you can find her hiking or spending time with her family. And in our conversation today, Danielle and I chat about the different money personality types and how having the awareness of yours is so important in helping you to make financial decisions. We talk about the significance of social, culture, and media literacy in establishing a healthy and thriving relationship with money. And we talk about the freedom of budgets and so much more. You guys can find more from Danielle at her website, kickstartaccountinginc.com. That's where you can take her money personality quiz, which I did. It's so eye-opening, really cool. She also has a money mindset mastery course that you can check out if you want to begin to heal your money mindset and create freedom in your life. You can also find Danielle on Instagram at kickstart accounting. All right, you guys. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the incredible Danielle Hayden. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the money isn't scary podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to talk to you today. I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um, You're just such a wealth of knowledge and experience. So as we jump in, I'd love to have you start by telling everyone a little bit about you and the work that you do. So uh, Danielle Hayden, I am the CEO and founder of Kickstart Accounting Inc. Um, We help women entrepreneurs understand their numbers, to use their numbers to manage and grow their business. So we use bookkeeping as a vehicle, right? It's like creates the foundation. So we do all the bookkeeping for our clients, but it's literally just the vehicle to everything that having organized financials 
brings to you in your business and in your life. I love it. And you're absolutely right. I can't tell you the number of women that have come to me and I've just been like, my life is a mess. <laughs> and I feel like so often, like the tax piece of it is something that, I mean, we avoid money conversations, but even more, we avoid taxes, right? Because it's yeah. it's been so stigmatized in our culture. So what got you into into this kind of work and in the first place? And what made you want to specifically work with women entrepreneurs? So um, when the women found me, I didn't find them. <laughs> but I, I actually used to be, uh, I started my career as a, uh, a hairdresser. So I was a hairstylist. And so when people are like, I'm creative, I'm not good with numbers. I get this right. So I was a, a hairstylist at a high school and I realized that I loved playing with the numbers. Like I made the numbers a game on how I can make more money yeah. and how I could use it to invest and invest in my my wealth and 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 create a better life for my family and I. I was going to school to uh, I wanted to own my own hair salon. So I was going to school for entrepreneurship and I made a hard pivot into accounting. I loved the numbers and it still kind of makes my family and I laugh. I don't really know how I became an accountant, but um, I, I loved the numbers piece of it. So um, after school, I went into uh, what you call corporate accounting. So I worked in corporate, uh, worked as the CFO for these mid-sized businesses. And all that really means is that I was helping the CEOs, the um, board of directors, the management team. I was helping them use the numbers to make business decisions. Like literally that was my job was to say, here's what the numbers are telling us. Here are the decisions that we need to make. What decisions do we want to make, right? Like let's make them together. <clears throat> now in doing that, I realized I'm making the rich richer. Like that's literally what I'm doing. These people have the money and the means to make these business decisions. I need to go do this for the people who don't have access. Yeah. They don't have access to the information. Yeah. They don't have people that they can easily, you know, they didn't grow up on Wall Street. They didn't, they, you know, their friends aren't playing, their families aren't playing golf with the, the tax accountant, right? They're not getting the insider secrets. So I said, I need to bring access to the small business owner to help them understand the numbers, to get access to bookkeeping, to get access to the information. You know what I hear the most from small business owners? They'll say to me, my tax accountant doesn't get back to me because I'm too small. Like I'm not big enough. You're making it I'm, about you. Right. Like they're not, they're small. They're too small. And, and the tax accountant's not getting back to you probably because they're overwhelmed and yeah. you might actually be small. You might be small. We made it in our mission that no matter how big or how small any one of our clients are, you get the same support you get the same information, you get the access to the same reports. And that's really, really important to us. Yeah. It's so interesting. I see that all the time with clients. They say like, well, I know I have such a small account and, or I'm not one of your biggest clients. And it's like, you're justifying because you're right. I mean, that's the the work that we do. We're designed that way that we give, you know, the, everybody the same kind of service and support, but it, it all goes down to, in my mind, it all comes back to those beliefs and those stories. And a lot of that comes from like scarcity, right. And that mindset that like bigger is better. 
or that maybe you don't, you're, you're not worthy enough because you don't have perceived enough as that's enough as somebody else does. Right. Or as much as somebody else does. And so that's why I think, again, when I talk about this kind of stuff, I I feel like the clients that come to me, there's a piece missing because by the time that you're going to like where I'm doing all the holistic planning for for people right and 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 factoring in the cash flow piece with the long-term retirement plan with the estate of planning and the insurance and the, all that stuff but I'm putting it together for them and they may not really be ready for that they may think that they're ready for that but in my mind what I've discovered is there is a piece missing if you're coming into this work with uh, with a um, unhealthy relationship with money, or you still have this mindset of scarcity or these beliefs that I'm not worthy enough, you're not going to see the real value in all of this. You're still going to struggle no matter what we say, no matter what numbers we present to you on the screen or what we ta- what we tell you, you're still going to have that belief in your head that you may not be good enough or you may not have enough or whatever it is, right? You're going to hold yeah. on to that. So I think there's a piece missing and that piece is creating a healthy relationship with money. I know this is something that you you do in your business, right? And working on on the money mindset. So let's talk a little bit more. I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on it, on the why it's necessary, and then the work that you're doing to help your clients on that side. So it's really interesting. Um, I, when I came into this business nine years ago, I was not like, I didn't, when people would say money, thing, things about money mindset, I'm like, come on guys, it's yes. data. What you is the number? at it. Yes. It wasn't until later when I realized our clients had organized books. They were ready for tax time. They knew their numbers. They still couldn't spend money. Like They still couldn't spend money. So um, I started to work more and more around money mindset. We've actually created a money mindset mastery course for um, individuals to go through. And it's not just for business owners, it's individuals and, and business owners. Because what we have found People lie in one of four four personality types. Um, I'll go through the the four personality types. Yes. You might self-identify, but we do have a quiz. Um, it's kickstartaccountinginc.com slash quiz if you want to take it. A lot of people will self-identify and then take the quiz and end up somewhere where they didn't think. So go take the quiz. The four types, there's four types of money personality types. They are free spender, keeper, perfectionist, and balance seeker. Mm. So, so our free spenders are, they, they don't want to look at the financials beforehand. So you're not looking at your cash balance. You're not looking at your financial statements. When you want to buy something, you're ready and you've justified it in your mind as an investment. I deserve this purchase. Like you are dopamine ready for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our, our free spenders, we actually, when we, when we are looking at how to design our life, how to design our investments, how to design our, our, our spending in our business, we actually need to look at cutting back, uh, practicing the 48 hour rule, um, really looking at our spending before we spend, spend money. So the way our natural tendencies around our, our money mindset have an impact to our businesses, it has an right. impact to the way we invest money. Our keepers want to spend money and it's, or save money and it's never enough. So no matter how much you have in savings, it never feels like enough. We always want more in savings because the shoe might drop or Mm -hmm. I never feel confident with my purchases. And so a lot of times what happens with these people is that they're, they have way too much money in cash and they're not 
spending enough in their business. So these are usually the people who uh, spending gap is created because mm-hmm. you're not going out and spending money in your business. So you're overpaying in taxes because you're not mm-hmm. investing. You're not, right. you're not, and you're not growing because you're not spending the money that you need to. And these sound like they tend to be the warriors too, probably the, the anxious, more anxious type. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I go somewhere in between. So, um, I don't feel like naturally anxious or like naturally a worrier, but I like to save money. And then when it goes to, when it's time to make a big purchase, I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I really actually like seeing that there, right? <laughs> but I'll right. invest, you know what I mean? But I'll invest money. So, so our, so our keepers, you know, you have to understand who you are, where are your money mindsets lying and then how it's preventing you from getting to the next level in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and take time to heal it, right? Like that's why we created the course was because just because you realize, oh, I'm a keeper. Like, no, you need to go and heal your money mindset around it or you're never gonna be able to grow to the next level as a person. Um, our perfectionists, these people are exhausting. They wanna know where every single dollar is coming from. They want to see every dollar in. They want to see every dollar going out. Like they are obsessive about their money. That sounds like me. Okay. Okay. Um, I still want you to go take the quiz because you might fall. I will. I will. And I feel like I can see a little bit of myself in a few of these, but yeah, yeah, this seems to be the one I'm leaning towards. (laughs) Yeah. And then we have our balance seeker. So our balance seeker really is the person who it's not, it's finding the sweet spot between spending and saving. They know they can't do everything themselves. They know that they need to hire help in their business. They know they need to hire help at home. They're willing to invest money in their retirement. They're ready They're ready to create wealth for their families. They know they need to spend in order to be able to do that. They know they need to spend in order to grow. And so it's not that we all want to seek to become the balance seeker because they have their own limitations. We could also get obsessive about like, what's the sweet spot? Like, mm-hmm. what's the sweet spot? how much exactly do I need to have in savings and how much exactly, right? Like do it. So it's, it really is understanding where are you at today, healing your money mindset. And then, and then how is it keeping you from becoming the person that you want to be ultimately? Yeah. And I was going to say, there is no right or wrong here. There's no goal, right? Is that, is that, that's the thing. This is more just, it's, it's a fun way to create self-awareness and then there's tools on how to that you I, right that you're providing and you're working with these clients on how to help them take advantage of or or get the best out of their kind of natural personality is that right yeah yeah exactly and how do you think that that has impacted the clients that you work with i'm just curious like do you do you have them go through this or take this quiz and go through this exercise. And do you implement that as far as your, the work that you're doing together? I bet you it helps you so much to get to know them by having them do this. So we actually don't have all of our clients go through it. It's almost too much when they get started with us. So most people are coming to us because they know that they need bookkeeping help. Um, They know that they need to know the numbers. They know that they need to hire, stop doing everything themselves. They know that they need to file their taxes at the end of the year. Um, And at that moment, it's too much for them to go through. So they so, so they can't like, they're, they're onboarding with us in a very deep yeah. way. Um, so it's kind it. of a, yeah, 
Yeah. So we really let our clients kind of self-select into this. If they are interested, if they are finding that, okay, I have the numbers, but I'm still not able to hire. Like, okay, I have the numbers, but I still like I'm ignoring their emails. I still don't want to talk to my tax accountant. I can't book these calls. I'm still not spending money. Or like, I can't stop spending money no matter how many times you tell me I'm I'm operating my business at a loss. And the, that's when it's like, okay, let's understand your, your personality type yeah. and how it's holding you back in your business. Yeah. Which one are you? I'm curious. And how does that impact your own experience providing this service for entrepreneurs? I'm just curious because as we know, being an entrepreneur yourself is such a, it's a huge lesson in self-development and personal growth. And it is a huge, sometimes like slap in the face. So I'm curious what your type is and how that has impacted kind of your own entrepreneurial journey. So I'm a keeper. Can I tell you how I, how I realized this? Yes, please. Okay. So I was sitting on the landing at my parents' house and, um, they, they had this, one of those big old hallways and there was a big, beautiful, um, window in this hallway. And I used to sit there as a, as a child and I would let the sun just like beat on my face, like, like a kitty cat in the sun. Yeah. And this is the perfect spot, right? Because I could see down the hallway to make sure that my brother, my little brother wasn't coming down the hallway because my main job of sitting on this landing was that I was going to eavesdrop on my mom. <laughs> I loved listening to her conversations and I could picture her as I sit, sit there. You know, in those days she would um, be cooking in the kitchen and she'd go, all wrapped up in the phone cord. And so I could picture her cooking and all wrapped up in the phone cords. Well, on this day she was crying and she was so upset. She doesn't know I'm sitting there, so I can't run down and hug her. Mm -hmm. I can't comfort her, but she's so upset. And I could hear her talking to her sister and she shared with her sister that my dad had lost his job that day Mm -hmm. and their core value as a family was to travel Like they took us traveling every year. We had so many amazing experiences growing up, but they weren't saving. They weren't saving and they weren't ready for this. They had no idea, you know? So fast forward, I am sitting at the dining room table um, at my, at the old, I call it my old house at the old house. And I was a single mom with my two kids at at the time in this house when, when you sit at the kitchen table, as soon as the heat turned off, it was like, where's all the insulation? Like as soon as it turned off, you're freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting at this dining room table and I'm on the cusp of making a ma- my first major business decision at mm-hmm. Kickstart. And I was contemplating whether or not I was going to hire my first employee. And at the same time, I needed to hire this marketing consultant who was going to help me bring in more sales. I was at capacity. I could not take on any other clients because my time was completely full. Yeah. So it was kind of that, that catch 22. I have to hire in order to get more time, but I need to make sure I have enough clients to hire this person. And so I realized in that moment that I could keep my money mindset holding me back. Like I could hold on to that and feel like I never have enough that I can never hire because it's never enough. I could never hire because I 
I'm, I am too scared to live my, my truth and achieve my goals because of what happened. And it was in my discovery of looking back at my money mindset and like what really created it that allowed me to say, I need to hire this team member. Like I have to, my kids, we're never going to move out of this house. If I, if I don't continue to grow, I need to grow as a business owner. I need to grow as a person. Um, and, and that's a risk, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I I want to say like, happy story is that Sarah, who was my first hire, um, she still works with us eight years later and we have 24 employees, you know, like we, we are like that, that moment. But if I hadn't been willing to go through the work of understanding what my money mindset was, I would never be here. Like we wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't be empowering yeah. thousands of, of business owners through this business if I didn't do that. That's exactly it. I feel like that's like you, you get to a place where you can't go on the same way you've been operating anymore. Mm-hmm. And like whatever that motivation is, whether it's for your business, whether it's for your family or whatever it is, you just kind of recognize that like it can't keep going this way. So what has to change? And in my mind, we always think of like, all the extra stuff, all the external stuff, all the things that's what needs to change. Not us, but it's, it all starts with us. It all starts with us. And that's where like, I'm somebody that kind of inherited a little bit of a victim mindset, victim mentality from my mom. And, you know, she's very much like a woe is me kind of thing. Like I, I just expect the world around me to know that I'm having a hard time and I'm struggling and and I need support, but doesn't kind of take the, doesn't take the action steps to go out there and ask for it or create it. And so I recognize that in myself and I know that that's a, that's something that's been certainly holding me back. And so I think when we can recognize like, what are our patterns? What are those things that uniquely for us are holding us back? That's where like, that's where the rest of our life starts in my mind. Like that's where the change that we're seeking for in that, the, that next level, that's where it is. It's just on the other side of that discomfort. We don't, we want to avoid discomfort. We want to just like put it away and pretend it's not there and curl up on a coping mechanisms because because it's uncomfortable. And then we find our coping, coping mechanisms, distraction, spending, um, you know, distancing, like we, we then create these, these coping mechanisms because we don't want to be uncomfortable with our growth. You know what I think is interesting though? I hear all the time people say, well, you got to do the work to grow. Like you got to do the work and people like, what's the work? What do you mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? And so that's why we created money mindset mastery because it was like, here's the work. Like, here's what you do to heal. No, and and you that's exactly right because you don't know what that work is until you're ready to have it. And you have to be, I feel like you have to be, I don't know, at a certain level of maturity or a certain level of like personal growth and ready to be ready in order to kind of get to that next level. And some people will never get ready. No, will never be ready to be at that next level. Some people are totally fine, even though what they're feeling right now might be, not a great feeling. It might be a really crappy feeling. It might be really uncomfortable, but I feel like it's familiar to them. And so, so we just stick with what's familiar because it's comfortable. So you have to actually be ready to 
know that there is something better on the other side and then move your way through that. And what is that work? That work is so personal to everybody. And this is a great outline for starting that process, right? Going through with the self-awareness piece and, and starting to identify who am I and where, where what's the difference between who I am now, how I grew up and where I want to be in the future. Right. And what is that? I mean, just, you could like, if somebody wants like a quick win, go take the quiz. You know what I mean? Go, go take the quiz. Um, and that way you know who you are, like, you know what you're dealing with today. And then from there, you will, you'll just naturally start observing like, Oh, that's my tendency right there. (laughs) It's like when my husband and I took the Enneagram, and, um, we took the, we took the Enneagram and suddenly have you done that? Have you taken that before? I have. Yep. Okay. It's been a it's little just, while. And honestly, I feel like I, I don't think I did it right because the answers didn't seem like they were spot on for me. So oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, ours were so spot on. I was crazy. So we, we would, we would yell at each other like, all right, number nine, like, could you please, <laughs> You know, or like because that's what you're that's the personality trait that you're talking to yeah 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 or, he's, or he would be like don't be such a number eight okay <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it again and I want to have my husband do it although he has ADHD and doesn't have the um <laughs> the patience or attention oh it's that, it's but, pretty quick it's, yeah. it's not that long yeah um but it, it it's a fun one but anyway once you observe it and you start to know that you you can you could just change your pattern. Like you can just, it just creates a self-awareness and then you get to choose if, if you want to do continue the work in that area. Yeah. And it all depends on the goal, right? If you come in here with these like high achieving, like lofty goals, but yet you're not willing to move through your own personal mush, I guess, as you like to call it, like a discomfort gray area, then you're never going to get there. So it's so much more of a, of a personal journey than it is a, a professional journey. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the emphasis too, for women. And I, I think there's, there's like a lot of difference here because when we're looking at women versus men, I don't think there is as much of a emphasis on men, business owners and high achievers going through this personal journey as there is for women. Right. Do you, do you notice that? Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a few different, um, business groups and one of them, the business group is called EO and, you know, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm in this group of eight, there's eight of us and there's four men, four women. And when we meet and I talk about some of the things that I'm going through, every single one of them is nodding their head. Like we are all going through the same garbage. Like we are all having the same problems. We all have self-doubt. We all are scared. There's fear. We're having the same issues in our business, regardless of industry and size. You know what I mean? Like, like some of these things are so innate to being part of this human experience. But where I think that we differentiate is that I think men will ask for help. And I think that men, um, have had more access to information than women. You know, when I first started the business nine years ago, there were some groups that I went to that I did not feel welcome in, you know, like I was not welcome. They were, they were the good old boys groups and men had access to it. And that's why as a firm, 
we've been so drawn to help other women because we want to help women who are doing $50,000 a year, who are doing $100,000 a year, who are trying to hire their first employee. They're trying to hire their first few employees because they are the ones who don't, who've never had access. They're not on the golf course. They're not, you know, like they don't, they're, they're not being introduced to the people who they need to be introduced to, to get the support that they need to get. Not to mention they've been conditioned to please their entire lives. So they're not as good at advocating for themselves. Right. And so I also feel like that's something that women, like, again, that's a struggle that we come up with at any time we're trying to, like, we have a goal or we're trying to grow the business or whatever it is, right. We come into so much stuff because then there's competing priorities, there's competing demands. And how do you, how is it possible to please everybody? Right. There's just too much. There's just too much coming at you. And that's where that, that's where the, the challenge on the personal development side comes in. But at the same time, if we don't take those steps to work through our stuff and work through our journey and, and help to grow this business, then all we're doing is staying small. And that's something that drives me crazy about the the world that we're in right now is our culture's kind of acceptance of women staying small, but not men. It's different. And I just feel like we are just so much more taught that it's okay to not go after what our dream is and just be a mom or just have like a, a smaller job that doesn't fulfill us. I just think there's a little bit of difference between it just changing. It's definitely changing. And I see that now in the, in school with my kids, but it's just a, it's a different. It's changing. Yes. And no, because I also think it's interesting on, um, do you get these memes on Instagram? Well, you will now because it's going to be in your phone, but, um, you know, the memes where it's like woman driving to target, my husband just put me oh, on a budget. I hate it. I hate them. I hate them. Like that's, that's, that's it is like fire in my blood. I just get yeah. so angry about it. Yes. It is social programming yes. at its finest. So we are being programmed by the movies, by the shows, by social media. And then we allow it. So here's what I think happens. You see that meme on, on Instagram and then you go to invest money and you're like, oh, See, I'm spending money again. Uh, here I am being selfish and self-absorbed and irresponsible. I shouldn't make that investment because I'm irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're and totally the, getting that message that we're not we're not capable of right. handling things the right way. Yeah, and then uh, and then we go to spend money in our in, biz- in our business. Like, I want to hire a marketing consultant to help me get to the next level. I want to hire a coach. I want to I want to uh, hire a bookkeeper. I want to work with a better tax account. I want I want to up level. But I just was told on Instagram five minutes ago that I'm an overspender, mm-hmm. and that I should just I should get myself in check. Like I, you know, so yeah. how am I supposed to go and invest money? How am I supposed to go and spend money in my business? It's creating a spending gap and it's keeping women small. Absolutely. I, that's one of the things I, I talk about a lot on the show is like, not only do we have to kind of do that inner work, our own journey, right? Our own work, but uh, knowing ourselves, self-awareness, we also have to have an understanding of just media literacy and knowing the culture that we grew up in. And I talk about this all the time. Like it wasn't until 
the mid 1970s that women were allowed to have credit cards in their own name. And I think about this all the time. I think about like my mom was a full blown adult at that age, at that time, how much generational messages have been passed down from her just we'll just go her grandmother to her mother to her and then to me and what I inherited right plus so that's that's the generation the generation like knowledge transfer that okay women weren't aren't rational enough to be able to have credit cards in their own name we don't we're not good enough with money right so there's that piece but then there's also the cultural messages still out there basically justifying too that, hey, that person goes out there and spends all their husband's money, which also drives me crazy, yeah. on, on, at, on Target and Amazon packages and all this stuff. So if I do it, that's okay because this person is doing it. So I'm just doing yes. what I'm doing. And that, so, so it's, it's, again, justification that what you're doing is okay. There's I wonder so- how many of these memes Amazon's responsible for. That's a good point. <laughs> like, I wonder if they're, because they want you to think it's okay. They want of you to course. think it's okay if Amazon's coming to your door every day. It's a joke. Well, it's the whole thing with like, look at all the holiday commercials and stuff. There's companies that you just buy all of their things and they make the perfect holiday for you, right? You just yeah. buy these things and you have it all delivered to you. All of your decorations, all of your Christmas lights, all of your food, all of your presents, everything. And that's okay. And there's nothing to be, here's the thing. I think it all comes down to intention, uh, intentionality and making sure that, okay, if that's what you want to do and you want to have that Christmas, like that's fine. As long as that's aligned with you and your values and that feels comfortable, but if you're still doing that and then still at the end of the day, have them have that inner belief that you're still not good with money or that somebody else should be telling you what you shouldn't, shouldn't do because you can't be trusted around it, then there's a problem. And I think, I think we do that way too much in our culture and it's still there. And even though we've made some progress, I think there's still on that end, right. There's still a long way to go because we still are taught that we need to be, we need to reel it in and that, but yet at the same time, spending is, and I talk about this all the time too, spending is such a, it can't, it can be fun. Like I like to go shopping. I love to go shopping. I think it's fun. I not just bopping around and not knowing what you're going to find. I love physical shopping. I actually can't stand online shopping because I like to see physical things. I like to touch them. I like to feel them. I also like the experience of going into a store. I love the music. And I know that a lot of it is, is meant to have you stay in the store and to like the smells and all that, like it's a whole thing. I'm so aware of that now. And I still get sucked in at the same time. I love it. But but we all need, we still need stuff like that. That's the problem. I think that we, we have to balance between like Still have to wear clothes. (laughs) And and uh, you can't have like like especially I there's a whole thing on like minimalism and everything. And yes, I certainly have a lot of junk in my house with my two kids and the stuff that we've accumulated over the years. And can we get rid of stuff? Yeah, but you do still need stuff. You still need like right. We still need to live. And that's the same thing with with our business. We I, I can't tell you how often, Megan, I'll get on a call and a client call and they'll be like, all right. Tell me where I should cut money. Like, where should mm-hmm. I stop spending? And I'm like, nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, you are profitable. You are paying yourself. Um, 
why do you think you need to cut money? Like if anything, I don't think you're spending enough money. If Mm -hmm. your goal is to grow your business next year, you're not spending enough money. You know what I mean? Like then you need to be spending more in advertising and marketing. If your goal is to grow, you need to be hiring staff members who can take on that growth for you. So we need to be spending money. And I can't tell you how often it's like, tell me where I need to cut. I'm I'm ready for it. And I'm like, well, that's why you can't get on the phone with us because you think we're going to tell you you have to cut everything. (laughs) And that's, I feel like, again, that's like a a cultural thing that we learn that we have to spend, we should be spending less and less and less. And it's so like spending less equals good, spending more equals bad, right? I was just, I same, just this morning I was on a, a client call and it's one thing when you put it all into context and you actually tell them like, hey, these are your trend. Like, I don't care what you're spending your dollars on. I don't care if you go to Starbucks. I don't care. So many people have this shame and what they spend their money on. All we're trying to do is look at like trends. And so if the trend is unsustainable for the long term, then okay, there we we likely need to make some adjustments. What are some of those adjustments? Maybe it's cutting spending. And if that's what we decide that it is, then how do we do that? And how do we do that in an intentional way? So you're also not feeling like you're living in scarcity or you're restrictive. And I always equate like budgets to diets and stuff. And it's, it's more a plan that aligns with your life and your values and what can we touch on, can we touch on budgets for a minute? Because you just said budget and diet. Um, A budget is actually your freedom plan. It is not meant. It's like, um, instead of constantly feeling like you need to restrict yourself and spending less, the budget is actually the freedom plan to spend money. Now, knowing your money personality type is, is, is ideal before you create a budget, because if you're a free spender, then we need to put up guardrails, right? Like if you're a free spender, the budget's meant to put up some guardrails so that you're not overspending throughout the year. If you are a keeper, then the budget is a permission to spend. It gives you the guidance to be able to spend money. I think budgets are like the ultimate smart goal. We keep on hearing all these, like set smart goals, make sure that they're um, measurable. Like what is more measurable than a budget? Like you can, at the end of every single month, look at every every account, um, every line of your income statement and measure it compared to what you actually did. You can do at what you actually did compared to your budget. That is like the ultimate smart goal. And it allows you to say, yes, I can spend money. Like I am planning to grow. My intention of my year is to grow my business. Mm -hmm. So I have to spend money and I've thoughtfully laid out the plan to spend money in my business. And now I have permission to actually go do that. So I freaking love budgets. You said it and I- I think it's it's all perspective. It's just how you look at it. You can see it from a place of restriction or to what you just said. And I love it. I think it's such a great way to to frame this because it's oh, it has such a negative connotation, right? To frame it as a freedom plan because yeah. you can do whatever you want. And I think people sometimes, if, if money is tight, I think sometimes people don't, it, you know, that's where the free spender comes in, right? And you're trying to likely but use things or whatever it is that you're spending your dollars on things to fill needs that may not be necessary, right. Or may not actually align with where you want to go with what those ultimate goals are. So I think if you can just kind of like keep it all in alignment with you by knowing what are your priorities, what are those goals, what are those values, then 
it does give you so much freedom. It does. It can be your freedom plan. It can create freedom for you. It does not have to be restrictive. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just, it's just the mindset that we, we take around it. This is so cool. I such, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for your time before we wrap up. I'd love to have you tell everybody how they can find you and follow the work that you you're doing and, and just hear more from you. Yeah. Um, kickstartaccountinginc.com is the best place to reach us. Go take that quiz. It's kickstartaccountinginc.com slash quiz. Um, follow us on Instagram at kickstartaccounting. Um, you know, we, if, if you are struggling with your money mindset and this conversation resonated with you, um, our course is right on the website. It's money mindset mastery, and it's a really easy to access, easy to digest course that you can go through, uh, to just start to heal your money mindset, give yourself permission to spend, um, understand why you're overspending or underspending. It just creates so much freedom for us to grow to the next level. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to go take the quiz right now. I'm, I'm curious. Like I said, I feel like I'm the perfectionist. Send me your results. I want to hear about it. I will. definitely. (laughs) We can chat more. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been amazing. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for having me. 